a more private search engine is making headlines, how much influencers are really getting paid, and we're diving into the dark side of Instagram. We're gonna talk fake followers, bots, and fraud. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Dala, and I'm so excited to get into today's episode. We have a lot to cover. So first, let's dive into the news stories from this week. First news of the day. Number one, DuckDuckGo gets 40 million searches a day. If you have access to, to Google Analytics, you may have seen DuckDuckGo pop up as a driver of traffic. And you, if you're like me, you may have been like, what is that? It always pops up in there for some reason. And I was like, what is that? And this week I finally took the time to learn because DuckDuckGo is a search engine that values privacy a little bit more than others. The search engine was recently profiled in the New York Times and it was reported that they're seeing around 40 million searches a day. Watch out Google. In January, they were about 34 million. So it shows they've had some steady growth. DuckDuckGo isn't catching up to Google yet, however, but most importantly, the New York Times reported that they've been profitable for the past five years. Search engine journals speculated that they won't catch up to Google anytime soon because of their privacy concerns. That's a main driver uh, why people switch to them. But they're still in a good running, in a good place to be, and they've really found their niche market with that. So with DuckDuckGo, they don't customize search based on past searches because they're not tracking you, and they're not based on location because they're not tracking your location. So you don't see that customization that Google usually delivers, and that's a reason why Search Engine Journal says that they probably won't ever catch up to Google exactly, but 40 million searches a day is huge. So... They're definitely a contender. I like some competition for Google. And with that growing privacy concern across all of digital media, I'm not surprised that they're doing well. So good for you, DuckDuckGo. (laughs) Next story. Instagram will now warn you before your account gets deleted. When I first saw that headline, I was like, why don't they already? This week, Instagram announced that they will start warning users if their account could be disabled before the disabling actually takes place. Instagram is trying to combat the fact that in the past, people have complained about opening the app to find their account was gone. I believe I talked about this upcoming change before, but now it's really happening. Instagram's automated services have been under fire before for banning certain content that they deemed against their community guidelines, uh, which the reason why they went under fire for, because it was things like artwork, more artistic work, breastfeeding, things like that, that um, their automated services saw as going against the community guidelines, but really weren't after people got upset about it. Not only will you receive a notification, in some cases, you'll have the chance to appeal the deleted content or profile. TechCrunch used the word content as they talked throughout the article more, which for the appeals, which makes me think it's talking about both the profile and content that you'll be warned for both. You'll be able to appeal the moderator's decisions around a wide variety of Instagram's community policies, including their nudity and pornography policies, as well as its bullying, harassment, hate speech, drug sales, and counterterrorism policies. So many policies. And with some of those, I've some of the content I've seen on Instagram, I'm like, oh, like that doesn't qualify to be against the policy. Uh, sometimes there's some sketchy stuff on there. So 
but I'm the, I'm surprised that some of those things are allowed to stay up. So pretty interesting. But previously, it could remove accounts that had a certain percentage of content violation of its policies. But now it will be able to remove accounts that have a certain number of violations within a window of time. So it doesn't keep track forever. It's just within a certain period of time. In short, you'll get a warning before your account is deleted and your appeal process can take place right in the app instead of in their help center, which is where it has been. And that appeals process will roll out in the next coming months, whereas the notification should be right now, this very second. And a small flashback to a previous story while we're talking about this. Um, remember how Instagram was going to get rid of showing likes and was testing that out in Canada? This week, they announced through a little tweet on their Twitter page that they are rolling it out to more countries. So stay tuned for that. But I wanted to do a quick follow up on that. But yeah, lots of stuff happening over Instagram, which if you've been active at all the past week, I feel like there's been a few glitches and I'm like, I wonder if this has to do with some of the changes they've been making. Who knows? We'll see. Story number three, new data reveals how much brands are paying influencers. Search Engine Journal came through this week with this article. They did an awesome article about how about some of the new data involving influencer rates and marketing, just everything that's going on with it. So the influencer industry is booming and the numbers are here to prove it. Sponsored content is getting more expensive with video at the top of the list, which makes sense, a lot more production and um, things go into making videos so that would make sense. It's the most expensive one to buy. So uh, they have this little awesome chart that they had their influencer rates worldwide and so just for an example, a nano influencer, which is classified as somebody with 500 to 5,000 followers, um, can get paid $100 on a post, where micro, which is 5,000 to 30,000, $172. A power influencer, I like that word, I haven't heard that one yet, uh, 30,000 to 500,000, $507. And then a celebrity, that is when you're 500,000 and up, so that's what they classify as a celebrity account. Um, up two thousand eighty-five dollars is what they say. So, uh, not everyone is going to follow these rates exactly, but it's just an interesting view into what the ballpark is concerning these. So, uh, quite the variety and quite the money to be made. And even those people that are nano influencers with five hundred to five thousand followers, um, according to them, you could even charge. So that's pretty cool. Um, and video is the expensive one for all of them. Which which makes sense as they said. So for a celebrity, so if you have 500,000 followers or more on YouTube, they said that the average uh, rate worldwide could be around $3,800. So uh, for one video, and obviously there's stipulations on how long that video is and it depends on the partnership, but an interesting look at this. And also another channel it talked about, uh, cause that was definitely all social media. Another channel they um, that marketers are exploring is podcasts, which if you're listening to this, podcast. Hello. Um, but yeah, so if you've listened to other podcasts, you a lot of the time hear sponsored ads in the middle and uh, that's just becoming a more popular thing. So due to the performance and value of these host read ads, podcasts are said to be the next frontier for influencer marketing, Search Engine Journal said. And according to another report from eMarketer, it's predicted that marketers will spend about $1 billion, billion with a B, on podcast advertising in the next few years. And another note on this. So as a marketer, it's an interesting time for to be in the marketing field because there are so many ways to reach people. All of these platforms are just different touch points and it's exciting for businesses to be able to eat, reach their audiences in these different ways and in these better ways. I feel like businesses can really find what 
what platform is best to communicate with their audience on and stick with that and build their stronger community there. So it's really cool. And because it's such a booming field, and as we heard, marketers are spending so much on these tools, it's really important to look at the factors um, within this influencer marketing to ensure you're getting your money's worth as a business. There's a lot of fake stuff going on in the influencer world to cash, people want to cash in on the action. So people need to be aware and it's that it's not all about the follower number, which is why this ties in perfectly to what we're going to talk about today. Um, but before we get into that, one last thing on these influencer rates. So as a consumer, I hope that these brands are paying attention to who they're selecting to be partners with. And we know there are a lot of brands that do. They do their research and it's awesome. Uh, but if they select an influencer that doesn't fit their brand, it just won't work. It doesn't work. The influencer's audience will be confused as to why they're posting about that. And all of a sudden you're seeing all these ads for things that don't relate to you as a follower. So you're not going to even cash in on any of them. So it doesn't make sense for the influencer or the business. So that partnership, uh, vetting that beforehand is super important. And the same responsibility goes to the influencer side too, to make sure you're taking partnerships that uh, align with you and your brand and your followers. With all that being said, that leads us perfectly into today's topic. Let's talk about the dark side, the weird side, the sketchy side of Instagram. That's right. We're going to dive into the fake followings, the bots, the comments and some sketchy stuff today. Uh, I'm, I just want to start this off with saying I'm not sharing this information for you to go spy on people or point fingers or just I'm not here for the bad vibes. Um, everyone has their own reasons for the way they handle Instagram and the choices they make on the platform. I'm just sharing these tips to help business owners and marketers identify the right people to work with and to help creatives to identify what companies they want to work with. So uh, let's just keep this positive and yes, there is some sketchy stuff, but I think um, it's just important to be aware. I'm not trying to call anyone out or anything, and everyone has their own reasons for doing any for doing some of this stuff. So let's start with number one: how to spot a fake follower. So the overall profile, the name typically doesn't make sense. So that username is going to be something like follows for likes dot one zero five four, like just a name that doesn't really make sense that a person wouldn't have. Typically, that's kind of a red flag, and you can't judge it be solely on that because people can sometimes have a different username, you know, you never know. But um, typically that's a big sign that it's just like an odd username that doesn't make any sense. Um, and then when you go to the profile, there's no profile picture, no posts, or if there are posts, they're kind of obscure, like weird nature photos or like stock e images or kind of like creepy, cartoony images with smoke. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but Trust me, it's out there. Um, so yeah, like weird images that don't make sense to what the brand or person is claiming to be or no images at all. And that following and follower count is super important. So if you look over at the top of their profile, typically fake followers, fake profiles are following a ton of people and they have no one following them or few people following them. So that's a good way to um, vet this because a fake follower uh, typically like they're just following so many people and no one follows them because obviously they're not really putting out content. Why would anyone follow them? So those are just some quick, easy ways to do that. And typically their bio will not be that filled out either. Um, it won't 
really makes sense. And because the the opposite of this is how to spot a real follower, a real person. So um, just kind of doing that gut check of the bio check, looking at that follower ratio and looking at that content to see if it's an actual person. And moving on to a similar topic, but just a little bit further, how to tell if someone has an in authentic following or influencer fraud. So this is the bigger topic we're going to dive into. So how to tell if someone's buying likes, comments, or followers. So this fake follower we're talking about, a lot of people try to buy them. And that's the whole point is because you can't buy a real follower. These companies, they make just a ton of fake accounts and you obviously can't upkeep all these fake accounts. So if you're buying followers, really, you're just buying that vanity metric, that follower number at your profile. You're not really buying an actual invested follower in you. So we're going to get into that first. So um, how to tell if somebody's buying likes, comments, or followers. For the comments, the comments are typically very vague. One word responses, lots of emojis. And it's not necessarily true because sometimes like even like a friend's post, like I'll just comment like a ton of hearts, like love it. But if it's consistently, like if you look through the posts and it's consistently all that or great work dot thumbs up check mark or um, a comment that has nothing to do with it. I mean, that definitely is a sign of a bot. So, and bots can comment on any picture. doesn't necessarily mean they are purchased it, but if it's very consistent, a lot of those responses and they're not related to the post at all, that could raise some red flags. So this could mean they're either using bots for comments. So essentially essentially paying for these comments if they're just like nice work, nice, love, ton of emoji, check mark, check mark, thumbs up, like stuff like that. And you can kind of tell what's authentic and what's not. And if there's so many, they could possibly be buying comments or if they're in a comment pod, you might notice the same people commenting over and over that look like legit people when they are. It's just the same people commenting on that person's post over and over again. So they post Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and the same person commented on all of those. Um, so what's a comment pod? I'm gonna take a little bit of a detour here. We're gonna go a lot of places today. So for those of you who don't know what a comment pod is, it's a, a group of people start a group message and let each other know when they post so that other people can go like and comment on it. I was added to one once and it's personally not for me. I want you to like my post because you actually like it, not because you're obligated to and vice versa. What if you posted something that I didn't agree with and now I'm obligated to go like it? Um, And how do you keep up? Personally, it's very stressful, but it really helps people grow and a lot of people are really into it and you can kind of tell because the same people are commenting on all that person's posts and it's like typically very vague because you're commenting on so many people so it's like like it love it cute and it's not like comment pods are against the law. I mean, honestly, this whole influencer market is pretty lawless anyway. It's not like it's the worst thing in the world, but it's a hard one for me. So if you post something and no one's liking it and you ask your friend to go like it and comment, there's not a huge difference, but this is a massive scale we're talking about. And there's nothing wrong with helping your friends out, but I just think this version of engagement can get a little out of control. This goes back to what your why is as well. Are you posting to get a lot of likes and comments? Maybe comment pods are for you, but if you're posting to get traffic to your website or spread a message, maybe not. Um, More engagement does breed more engagement, but Instagram is showing content you engage with and because it wants to show content that you care about that it thinks you would care about. And because of this, if your comment pod is so big and you're only commenting and liking on those people, 
you're probably only just going to see them. And then it's just like a weird like circle of just engagement after engagement with the same people over and over. And especially when you're working with a brand as an influencer, say like you post your influencer post and you want to get good, a good engagement rate on it. So you go in your comment pod and tell them, hey, I just posted, go like it, um, comment on the shoes or whatever the product is that you're promoting. They all go like that. That company sees that and they think all these people, if they don't know and don't have a vetting process for discovering stuff like this out, they think all these people really did like your shoes, but you told them to say that. So. I don't think it's very ethical, but and honestly, I didn't realize I'd go on such a speech about this, but personally, it's not for me. It helps a lot of, like some people really like it and can keep up with it. And personally, it's like their thing. And um, I don't really agree with it. And I think it's, it, social media we know is already stressful on your mental health and that just takes it to a whole new level because there's so much pressure with that. So personally, I'm not a fan. So moving on. So speaking of this engagement, following, commenting, trying to spot the fake stuff, um, newsflash, we all do have fake followers. Like you can't fight it. A lot of the times fake followers just follow you because you use a certain hashtag or they just found you and it can just be random. So it's not like, oh, like if you have like a few fake followers, you're a bad person. Like it's, it can just happen. It's just when it gets overboard, like too much is too much. Then it's like, hmm, are they buying followers? So some tools I like to vet for fake followers because I am in the marketing field and sometimes work with influencers. Um, I discovered a website that's called igaudit.io. So if you just type that in and you can put in anyone's profile, if they're a business account and it will give you a score on their fake follower rating. And I mean, no free tool or probably any tool is exactly correct, but it's a good base mark or a benchmark. And I really like using it and have found that it proves to be pretty accurate. Also influencer marketing hub also has a fake follower audit tool. And both of these are free. So if you just type in influencer marketing hub, fake followers, um, you'll be able to find it there and you just put in any account and it'll tell you what their score is. So it's pretty cool. And I'm so grateful for companies like that, that are helping these businesses and also on the influencer side, helping influencers vet if it's a legit business because you can put any business in there too. And moving on to the use of bots. Let's talk about bots. Oh man, this is one of my, it's like the the, the topic that I hate to love, love to hate. <laughs> so bots, have you ever been a victim of the follow unfollow game? I know I have, I'm sure you have too. Um, following and unfollowing is a popular tactic for getting followers. Someone follows you and engages with you, so you follow them back only to discover that they've unfollowed you a few days or a week later. Typically this is done using bots and and how to tell if a person is following 300 people in one day and I'm following 500 two days later, that raises a red flag to me because who has the time to go sit there and follow 300 people in one day and unfollow 500 more? So those numbers just don't add up. It's a little more normal to see like maybe max following 30 people in a day. So just kind of looking at that right there. And I just don't see how somebody would manually go in and follow 500 people in one day. So it's just kind of like doing that gut check to see if it's something that would make sense. And how to see that, there's a cool tool that's called Social Blade that's for free. And 
again, my little disclaimer, I don't think every free tool out there is exactly accurate, but they try to be, and it's a good measure to see. So Social Blade, you type in anyone's profile and it gives you like a lot of cool data about their profile and also shows you how many followers they gained that day, how many they followed or unfollowed, and how many posts that they've posted in what day. So it's like pretty crazy. You can put anyone in there. Um, and I'm not recommending that you use this tool for um, mean or bully or anything like that to go like spy on somebody. But if you're like a marketer or an influencer, like considering working with somebody, it's a nice tool to use just to like bet someone to see if like, oh, are they using a bot to get followers? So um, in that, like those high numbers of like, oh, I got 500 followers in one day. Um, you can see that on there too, which you don't know attribution or anything, but you can kind of see numbers because getting 500 followers in one day if you're a small account is pretty unlikely. So you can kind of see if somebody's using a bot that way. And the bot life, <laughs> so the bot life, here we go. So um, bots, like I said, uh, there's unfollow and following bots that do that. There's bots that message you. There's bots that just go and like posts. And like personal story, I actually tried a bot once and worst 24 hours of my life. It was so stressful. Um, but I just, it was one of those things where I had written an article and got it published about bots. And like, I'm super passionate about the anti-bot club and not that that's a thing, but I should be, I'd be president. But I was like, well, you know what? I've never actually even used a bot. I don't really know what it's like. So how can I speak something like how so bad about something if I've never even like basically done it or researched it. So I did a little free trial for a bot and I obviously I wasn't going to do a follow or unfollow bot or a comment one. Like that's too far for me. So I was like, okay, I'll just do a like one. So it goes through and likes posts and you, likes posts and you can pick the parameters. So you can pick, oh, people that use the, a certain hashtag. I'd like all the photos in that hashtag or the followers of somebody that's kind of similar to me liking posts for those followers. And you can set parameters that way. But it was so stressful and I think that's the part that people get so blinded by vanity metrics and wanting to grow their following and they don't realize how risky it is so is it bad maybe not because like a like is a like um and if they follow you that is of their own choice so it's not full-on like sketchy or anything you're not buying a follower but it's so risky because you can put these parameters on but it can go like whatever picture like because you if it's like a sketchy photo you could put hashtag Arizona blogger on it and it would be fine like it's still that hashtag on there you put it and so you go like that hashtag you like a sketchy photo and people can see what you've liked in that um, notification section so it's just so risky to me and your brand if you like really care about your brand I do not recommend that at all and especially on the follower side the commenting side the messaging side you don't exactly know you can't control everything that bot does so you can be following some scary people and overall it just looks so bad for your brand and the thing is too because you can't control it fully on these parameters you could be liking certain people's posts and gaining those followers but what if they don't have anything to do with your brand or your mission why do you want them because they're not gonna like your content and engage with it and you don't want ghost followers so i tried that little 24-hour period trial of the liking and i could not like 
I had a dream that night about how like my Instagram, like everyone was like, oh, you're fake on Instagram. It was very weird. It was very like in my subconscious, but not good. So I turned it off the next morning. I was like, I can't do it. My bot theory proved right. It's just so unauthentic to me. And my audience is so important to me. Like if you receive a like from me, it's because I actually like your post and not because I'm just going through and a bot's doing it for me. So I would never want to ruin my relationship with my audience or my brand um, just to get more followers. So that's my little lesson. Um, I hope that you learned something from that. And I'm just so anti-bot. It's crazy. I have so many bot stories. So maybe I should do an episode on that. Let me know. And the biggest way to check for a sketchy account or an account that may be inauthentic is a discrepancy between the engagement versus followers. So if you have 20,000 followers and get no comments and maybe 70 likes on a picture, that raises a serious red flag because that discrepancy between followers and engagement is pretty large. On the other end, if you have 20,000 followers and have 15,000 likes and 5,000 comments, that's really high, which is great, but sometimes too high of a number can be a discrepancy to like paying for likes and follows. So unless it's a post that went viral or like a special circumstance or maybe somebody that's like semi-famous, it typically doesn't happen. I've always heard a good engagement rate is around three to five percent, which overall is okay. But what about for the varying sizes of accounts? I feel like that's something that we often don't look at. So if you have less than a thousand followers and get 200 likes, that means you have about a 20% engagement rate. If you have 100,000 followers and are getting 5,000 likes, which is arguably good, that's 5%. So both accounts are doing good, but they have a different percentage. So as sad as as it is, the more you have of followers, the lower your engagement rate will be because there's more people to possibly serve your content to. It's just a a weird fact. I wish all 100,000 could see it if you have that many, but it just doesn't work like that. Um, But anywho, I found a great chart from Influencer Marketing Hub, breaking it down by size. It is from 2017, but I found it really helpful and I'm sure it applies um, in a similar way to today. But basically it said if you have less than a thousand followers, around 8% is great. Less than 5,000, 5.7% is great. And it just kind of goes on in different increments and it said 100,000 plus 1.7% is great. So it kind of based it off the audience size too. So that's a great way to be able to tell if your engagement rate is safe. And there's a lot of free tools online if you just type in engagement rate calculator. So for influencers on the flip side who have been approached by a brand or a business that you've never heard of that possibly wants to collaborate, check them out too. Check these things. Look for these sketchy comments. Look for a discrepancy between follows and likes and see if they're a reliable um, and trustworthy business to be working with. So it goes both ways for sure. And to end on a positive note, let's spend some time talking about what a healthy influencer or business account looks like. So we kind of talked about like the bad things to look for, but here's what a healthy good account consists of. So one, the content is well-crafted. So somebody who values the content they put out there and is really passionate about it, which I think is number one when I'm looking for influencers for different project is number one, like, is it going to be content that I can share? Is it content that they, you can tell they care about? I think that's something across the board that you can tell with these fake accounts or accounts that are just like sketchy and buying followers is sometimes the content just isn't there. So I think that quality content is for sure something that 
is a standout. And number two, follower growth is consistent. If you have 2,000 followers on Monday and 10,000 followers on Thursday, that's pretty weird. Unless you got famous or were featured in something or go viral, that typically doesn't happen. So checking out some of these tools like Social Blade or any online tool just to kind of see how people have been growing in the past most recent times, that can be a good way to kind of see how that follower growth is. And some people do grow really fast. It just depends. But um, a huge huge jump in a short amount of time is typically a sign of something might be going on there, like maybe like buying followers. So you just got to check out the account overall. Number three, their account is built out with a real link and description. So this is uh, kind of combating what I talked about earlier about fake accounts. So a real account has an awesome built out bio saying exactly what they do and uh, possibly a link and a great description of what they do, which you can be a real fall, a real person on Instagram and maybe not have that. But I think that's something really important for people in the influencer industry. So businesses know exactly what you're all about. And next one, the comments on your posts are meaningful. So you can look at a post, any post on their top nine, this the most recent grid, and look through the comments and see that they're meaningful and making an impact and not just the same robotic comment over and over. So kind of seeing, okay, like their audience is engaged and they're real people kind of checking that way. And the next one is responding back to comments. So if you're looking at an influencer account and they've never responded to one single comment, that seems kind of weird to me too. Like maybe they just are like, that is sometimes a sign for me dependent upon other things as well that maybe they're just buying comments because if it was an actual person you're like wanting to connect with, you'd probably respond back. Um, But either way across the board, no matter whether it's a um, bot comment or not, um, if somebody is like really excited about creating on this platform, you think that they would at least be trying to comment back, which no one's perfect. You're never going to be able to comment back to everyone, but at least showing that on some people that you're trying, at least in those like first few minutes of posting to come back and get some engagement back on. Last one on what a healthy account looks like, that same, that follower ratio and that engagement rate. So making sure that follower ratio makes sense that they're not following a million people when only one person's following them because that's just a little weird when you look at that and which you probably wouldn't be looking at them to be an influencer anyway if that was the case, but always good to check out that follower ratio and um, and then again, that engagement rate. So making sure that that engagement rate aligns with what their followers are and each one of things like it's very situational and just like looking at each account individually and um, just because somebody had a bad post one day and maybe it didn't get their typical engagement it doesn't mean that they're buying followers or a fake account sometimes you just can't control what the, uh, the algorithm does and you have a post that kind of flops or you grow all of a sudden because you were featured in a magazine like sometimes things happen that kind of deviate from everything I've talked about but kind of looking at it as a whole and taking having these in mind um, are a good way to kind of identify what's real what's not on the platform and basically kind of proof safe proof yourself from falling into any traps because I mean it's the internet we know things are not always as they seem but before we wrap up I just want to say I'm not here to shame people for what they do uh, on this platform everyone can make their own choices and I think that we're all doing it for some reason some people have different reasons than of others uh, but this is just a lawless land right now especially because there aren't really a lot of laws or regulations about influencer marketing yet. And 
ethical businesses and ethical influencers just need to be prepared, which is why I mentioned all of this today. So I have a few resources if you want to dive any deeper into this. So if you're fascinated by the concept of influencer fraud, so people faking their followings to get big sponsorships or deals, check out the Lifestyle Co their podcast covering it. They have an episode titled Influencer Fraud, which Kristen types into a personal experience their business had where they lost a lot of money because someone kind of duped them, which is really sad. And if you're frustrated with the algorithm on the flip side, so if you're somebody putting out that good content, but maybe you feel like you're frustrated with Instagram and maybe people are getting ahead of you because they're taking these shortcuts and you're not. So, But don't be, think about why you're on this platform in the first place. I recently heard a podcast episode of the Influencer Podcast, which is a great one, um, with Influencer Officially Quigley. She is a really popular influencer and she has a ton of followers and she just had a really good mindset about the algorithm and kind of making it work for you. And if you're upset about the algorithm and you're posting, but you're upset about how it performed, like, why is that? And kind of like bracing yourself to be on this platform and having a good mindset about it, that it should just be fun and about helping people. And I just really liked her perspective on it. So if you're kind of like struggling with this and other people, their results are passing you by, it was a really good like mindset for me to kind of hear about and hopefully it helps you too. So definitely recommend that one. So that wraps up our discussion here on all the ins and outs of these bots and buying followers on Instagram. There's so much more. And as if you couldn't tell, this is something I'm very passionate about and I have a lot of opinions on. So if you have any questions for me or if you have a specific topic that you want me to dive further into, please let me know. So you can just DM me at Abby Zufelt or at Working Girl Talk on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you and your thoughts about this. And last thing before we wrap up today, my Friday favorite. Um, So typically my Friday favorite, I maybe pick like a working girl um, tool or something I discovered or a TV show, just something I discovered that week. And my Friday favorite this week are these pens I got from Bandeau. So if you've heard of that brand, B-A-N-D-O, their website's amazing. They have a ton of cute office supplies and notebooks and pens and clothes and it's just really cute girly like definitely for like the working girl vibe and I have the I bought these cutest pens ever so I got a three pack from them and they each have like an inspirational quote on them like one says serious businesswoman one says pink skies up ahead so it's just like fun little pens and pencils so I got a pack of the pens a pack of the pencils and they're just so cute so I definitely recommend check out Bandeau's website um, if you want any cute office supplies or notebooks or anything to kind of give you that inspo throughout the workday. They have a ton of cute stuff. And that is it. If you liked today's episode, check out some of our other episodes and make sure to leave a five-star review in the app you're listening in. If something particularly resonated with you, make sure to screenshot today's episode and share it on your Instagram story. Tag me at Abby Zufel and at Working Girl Talk so I can share it too and hear what you think about it. I am so grateful for each and every one of you for listening. Thank you so much and I will see you here next week.